What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Miss Shaney Jo Darden of the Keep Abreast organization. She and I have known each other for over a decade now via the, the San Diego art scene, and she's one of those people that has remained in my life throughout, you know, showing a, a tremendous amount of support and encouragement and inspiration for me to continue doing what I've done. And it's been uh, it's been an honor to be able to sort of be a part of her her life goal and and to sort of help her along that path and and be helped by her as well. She sat down with me up at her new office in Los Angeles. Uh, she just moved from North County, San Diego, up to there. Um, she sat down via Skype and we talked about Anaheim, San Diego, keep abreast, fashion, action sports, the youth movement. Mode art, alleged gallery, breast cast, Western sexual taboos, haters, YouTube yoga, independence, non-toxic revolution, fluoridization of the water system, knuckleheadisms, youth culture, Gershon miracle, mammograms, thermology, and being free. Shaney is super rad and has been inspiring me for a long time, and I think she'll do the same for you. So uh, let me get a little business out of the way before we get to the interview. Make sure you go check out the website. MikeMaxwellArt.com, and you can click on the blog and get all the information about Cheney and the, the Keep Abreast organization. And also on there is the PayPal link if, uh, if you're enjoying the show and want to contribute. There's a, an option for you to donate to the show. Any little bit helps. Um, and if you do that, you'll, you'll be sure to get some Live Free swag in the mail. Um, what else? Crystal's here listening to me do this intro, which I normally do by myself, so it feels like I have an audience while I talk to myself. Crystal, come say hi. Hi. Uh, we can't hear you. You got to come in here and say hi. Let's get a little closer because it's too low. Just get like down here by me. Hi. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, see, that's better with the laugh, too. This episode of the Live Free Podcast is sponsored by DSD Clothing. Make sure you go check out their website, DSD Shop. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Miss Shaney Joe Darden. Thank you for taking the time to do the show. I know you you just made a big move up to uh, Los Angeles, so I imagine your uh, your day to day is probably pretty hectic, right? Yeah, I mean it's a big move for sure. I've lived in San Diego for a long, long time, so it's. Takes a, it's going to take a little bit to get used to, but we're looking for a permanent space for Keep Abreast. So in the meantime, we have a temporary office. That's also my living space. Are you are you a California native? Did you grow up or were you born here? Yeah, I was born in California. SoCal all the way. That's awesome. Where did you <laughs> um, grow up at? My, uh, mostly in Anaheim. And um, like I lived in Anaheim until I was like 10 and then I moved to San Diego to Scripps Ranch, and I went to Mira Mesa High School. And kind of after high school, I moved out to the coast and lived in Del Mar, Encinitas, Solana Beach, all those places. And um, you went to school for for fashion, right? Uh, obviously, yeah. uh, you're sort of involved in the in the fashion world to a certain extent, but you you run an organization. For anybody who doesn't know, you run an organization called Keep Abreast. Do you want to? Um, maybe talk about that a little bit for people who, who aren't quite aware? 
Um, yeah, I am the co-founder of the Keep a Breast Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to raising awareness about breast cancer for young people. Um, and it's all focused on a lot of things like from my life up until the moment that Keep a Breast was started. So as you were saying, I went to fashion school, which that was really something always growing up. I was really into fashion and it kind of, I think, came from my dad. He was really always into art and fashion. So I think I got that influence from him. And that was, I always wanted to be a fashion designer. So I went to fashion school and worked for many different companies in the action sports industry over the years. And that's why Keep Abreast is so entrenched in youth, the youth movement really of art and fashion and using art to raise awareness about breast cancer, because that's my, my background. And that's sort of how we met. I was thinking about when we first crossed paths and it was back in 90 or 99, I think, or 2000. Yeah, 99. Did the Mode Art Show, the Mode Art Art Show, which is uh, a big fashion sort of um, action sports and art event mixed together to a certain Absolutely. extent. Absolutely. You know, not the, and it's sort of like those three things sort of intertwine on their own you know, already. But. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure that we met at black market through shepherd. Yeah. And that was around, around that same time. That was in 99. So we started Modart, um, my friend Mona and I in 1998 and Mona was working at trans world and, um, I was, you know, designing clothes for different skate brands and we had really wanted to bring something to our community of people like you that are artists, but, whose art wasn't normally seen in the context of a gallery type setting. So we created Mode Art and we invited all of our artist friends and all the companies that we worked with to be involved. And it was during ASR in San Diego. And it was funny because I was hanging out with Shepard not that long ago, like a couple of weeks ago in, um, at the, the Zoomies 100K event. And he was telling me, like, yeah, I went to your first event, and I was bummed that I wasn't in the show. <laughs> so then, like, I couldn't believe all my friends were in the show, and you didn't ask me. And I was laughing because I'm like, well, I didn't know you. And then the next year was when I met Shepard, and I met you. And Shepard had helped us a lot. He had done the poster for the event that year and helped put us in contact with a lot of artists. And that was, you know, I had I had already started working with him, and that was actually my first, like, legitimate art show to, no way yeah because i may have done one other group show thing that was like the first tester and then maybe like a cafe thing but that felt like my first legit it felt like a like a legitimate gallery show to me you know what i mean just because yeah, it was I, beautiful I, I didn't have that i just hadn't had that experience yet and having that one night show me a whole sort of new world that exists out there allowed me to uh, really broaden my horizons and run at something like, oh, wow, hey, this is something I could do because I actually sold a good bit of the work that I had there. And it, it gave me like this energetic boost, like, hey, I could do this too. You know, and I was, I may have already been on that path, but it was like that extra kick off the ledge, you know, or something. Wow, that's really, really cool to hear because that was just, that was in 1999. I mean, that was a long time ago. And I mean, that whole thing with art shows and artists and everyone is so popular now and has become so popular. But then it was only really 
you know, what Aaron Rose was doing in New York with Alleged, and I think Marcia has been, had been doing some stuff in LA, but there wasn't anything else going on. And that was the whole idea was like, our like mantra for Modart was creative action inspires active creation. By hearing you say that, it all, the points actually worked. Yeah, 10 years and we, later. That's what we just wanted. Yeah, we wanted everyone to come together and be inspired by each other to carry on in their careers or whatever they were doing. One of the ways we've been able to work together has been the breast cast, which I've painted at least six, I think, six or seven. <laughs> um, Crystal has actually been casted. You you guys do uh, an art auction often and, and, and events throughout the throughout the year when you're on tour and doing things. A lot of people don't know you you'll you'll take and do breast casts of women in the same way that people who get like a cast for their broken arm or something and then have artists paint them and auction them off to benefit the organization and, and to further the breast cancer awareness. How has that been? Like what is there any do you have any crazy stories from from doing castings or I mean you've had a lot of boobs in your hands. Um yes, I definitely have had a lot of boobs in my <laughs> hands. That is a true statement. Oh, I actually think that I could go in the Guinness Book of World Records for most boobs time, actually time spent with boobs. So yeah, that's that's definitely I mean, I personally have probably casted um like maybe 13, 1400 women over the last 10 years. Wow. So yeah, that's a lot of boobs. Yeah, <laughs> but for sure. It's like I love that part of the process so much. It's so intimate. Um it's so you know, there's some um, a woman. I mean, we cast guys sometimes too, but for the most part it's women and they're standing in front of you pretty much naked and it's um you know, you're just talking to them like you would anything else. But at the same time, you know, for most women, I mean, they've they've never had their boobs touched by another woman. So even just that and even just standing naked in front of someone, a lot of times person a person you don't know is is some people are shy. Some people are not at all, of course. But um, yeah. it's really interesting to get to know someone that way for the first time you're like hi my name's shady um take off your shirt <laughs> and you have a lot of tattoos do you think it does it feel the same way as that sort of intimacy that happens between a tattoo artist and somebody getting tattooed you know that sort of bond that happens with the yeah i mean in a way like i i heard your podcast um with mike giant and you're like you're stuck with that person for a certain period of time so it's not like they have to stand still, they can't move. And then the cast hardens. And a lot of times they, they have to like control their breathing a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's true. Definitely. A lot of times, like I won't remember, I'll meet someone and they'll be like, Oh yeah, you casted me. And I was like, Oh, I don't recognize your face, but maybe <laughs> if I saw your boobs, I'd recognize you. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm so focused. Cause like my job is the sculptor, you know? So really it's like, I look at it as my art form in a way, you know, I have to take each person's body and sculpt it and make it as beautiful and as perfectly imperfect as possible. 
and I'm sure you've gotten better at the at the process too, right? In from the from the first ones into. Oh yeah, you remember. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about about the castings too, which I think is important because I know there's been some controversy among some feminist types, and not to say there's anything wrong with feminism, but I've heard like some arguments about sexualization of a woman's body, and because I know you and because I have a personal opinion about the project, to me, I, I see it as, as taking away some of those sexual taboos that we have about things, like because we're not supposed, like boobs are so special because we don't get to see them all the time, you know? And I think by what you said, like having a woman stand there and have her boobs touched by somebody who's, who's never had that happen, I think it gives them a sense of taking away some of those sexual taboos and being more open to maybe checking themselves for breast cancer and being more aware of their own body and not to be so scared about it. And I think that gets lost on some of those people who who see the like I love boobies shirts as being something just sexual in nature because we have those connotations in society already. Yeah, I mean, I think you really hit the nail on the head or whatever that expression is with yeah. that comment and I the thing is is it's such for many women it's such a freeing experience and such an experience of really accepting your body and loving your body and celebrating your body so I've casted so many you know many breast cancer survivors who would be considered deformed you know I mean with no I've casted women with both no boobs at all you know women with only one boob women with like oddly shaped boobs because of reconstruction um I've casted women with huge boobs that just hate their boobs because they're so big but then when they all these women you know they end up seeing their cast painted by an artist in a room with tons of other casts there's you know, you see 20 casts in a gallery and they're all different shapes and they're all different sizes and everyone's just looking at the art and how beautiful it is. No one is looking like, oh, that girl has no boobs or she has big boobs or like she's lopsided, you know, like many people are looking at the casts like the one that Mike Giant painted of Amanda Nixon with only one boob and they are just completely in awe of how beautiful it is and they're not even noticing that there's only one boob there. And I think from from a man's perspective, because, you know, we're as men, we're always looking at boobs out on the street like it's just part of our 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 chemical our chemical makeup. You know what I mean? But when you see the the cast and the art in context, um, it brings on a different set of emotions where it's ah, more. Oh, I might cut out. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. I lost you at when you see the cast and the art in context. OK, yeah, sometimes you. It'll do that sometimes. But um, yeah. so, yeah, I think from a man's perspective, when when I see the cast and the art in in context of, say, a gallery setting or an event that you're putting on, there isn't a there's a level of of looking at breasts in a very non-sexual manner and more of a, um, a celebratory nature of 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 the health of women and in really good health, really, you know, because. Yeah. Because nobody wants anybody else to get cancer, you know. We want to do the best we can to to avoid those things. And 
because we're using because the visual is using something that's typically deemed as sexual, I think it's hard for people to disconnect from that. Yeah, and I think I mean that's with anything that could be kind of considered maybe controversial in a way. There's always people that are gonna like there's always haters. There's always people that are gonna not like your art for whatever reason. You know, there's always gonna be people that are, you know, think being a vegetarian is lame or whatever, you know. So we just with Keep Abreast, you know, we so strongly believe in what we're doing and we have so much support from people of all ages, all races around the world. And, you know, it's just one of those things you can never really, we don't, we try not to listen to the haters or anyone who's trying to like put anyone down for making a difference. We know we've saved people's lives. You know, we know we've made a difference in like so many people's lives and we're reducing the death rates of cancer. And that's fucking awesome. And it's a, you know, it also, it goes to show like, how strange people's perceptions can be from a, from just a personal standpoint. Absolutely. I mean, you know, our country is, is interesting for sure. And I, you know, I'm, I'm from California. I never in my wildest dreams would I've ever, ever thought um, there would be any type of controversy around keep abreast and what we're doing, but that's just, there's sometimes, Weird people out there in the world. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> did you find a yoga studio? Yeah, uh, I, uh, I did find one in LA, and I went to my first class there last week, and it was so funny. It was just like, I just left the class going, oh my God, that was so LA. <laughs> I, I haven't, I've never been to a yoga class, but I do like YouTube yoga sometimes. <laughs> I just find the instructors online. There's a ton of videos like, some lady out in the woods somewhere doing like instructions and I'll just do it like that right on the floor here in the studio. <sighs> okay. I'm going to check into YouTube yeah, yoga. YouTube is great. You can learn anything from, uh, from YouTube, but you know, you also don't get that experience of having somebody there to really give you specific instruction, you know, when you, yeah. when you can't see yourself doing it wrong, which I, I try to do downward dog and my, my <laughs> system just does not make, the the proper you know apex at at the top i'm more of like an arch as opposed to a a v you know what i mean interesting you gotta like stick your butt out i i don't know how to use those muscles (laughs) or what (laughs) i don't know how to change my system in that way but i try it's really it's a it's an amazing workout like i got through through half half of one like 20 minute instructional video and like I was shaking, my arms were shaking from holding myself up. You know, like it was intense. It was hard. Wow. Yeah, it's hard. Some yoga it can be super, super, super hard. But I mean, for me, it's it's just as much a mental as it is physical. You know, like I need it to clear my head and to be in that space where there's nothing else going on besides breathing and focusing. Yeah. Do you have any other sort of um, outlets for that besides yoga? Oh, gosh, mostly yoga. But I mean, I try to just go for walks with my dog and meditate in the morning when I can. And it's all about practice. You know, they say that you have to do your practice. So sometimes I'll be in really good practice and sometimes I won't be. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the breaks, huh? 
Yeah. I uh, I feel like I've had a couple down days where I <laughs> lately hasn't been at the like at my most mindful. You know, I'm just like letting emotion take over and growl a little bit. But well, you've it, been on a crazy exercise program this year, right? Running, um, jumping, actually, looping. Looping? Yeah, I can't loop. Actually, I bet I, bet I could. It's not very well. There, I remember that one lady at uh, at your old gallery was out there doing like ten hula hoops at once. Oh yeah, it's Crystal <laughs> could do that shit. I I have no uh, like I said I can't uh, the the hip muscles don't work right. I don't know what it is. I can't dance either. So it's like oh, you've always in my in my point of view you've always been really um, self sufficient, pretty independent, um, and that's something that I've always looked up to you for since we've known each other i think that you've always been like a go-getter and and have sort of taken your own path and that's something that i've also been on the same sort of pathway of choosing my road and not having to be chosen for me was there something in your in your childhood or something early on that that sort of gave you that that sense of independence to 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 take risks and you know start an organization or you know sort of do your own thing like that um I mean, I definitely remember my mom, you know, telling me when I was pretty young that I can, I can do whatever I want that, um, especially like as a career, like whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be, it doesn't matter that you're a girl, you can do anything that you want to do. And, um, my mom was like, uh, she worked for AT&T. She was a career person. And I also remember her telling me, um, that her generation was the first generation of women that were allowed to wear pants to work. And that was shocking to me. I just thought that was totally crazy. And I just, my mom is so brave. She's such a brave person. She takes risks. And I think I got that from her, you know, I've never been afraid to like go for something, but I also have that, like that internal voice that I really, really trust that if that's inside of me is telling me this is the right thing, I just go for it and I'm not afraid to fail. You know, I'm not afraid to be poor. I'm not afraid to like live off nothing. You know, I'm not like attached to having um, a lot of things because I've, I've lived on, I mean, with Keep Abreast, you know, I didn't, I did it for free for eight years practically, you know, while working full time at the same time, you know, so I've just somehow I have that inside thing to just like, try it, go for it, do it. You believe in it. People will support you. Like if the universe is putting this in front of you, I have to like, all I have to do is like walk on the path. Cause it, I recognize that it's there. Uh, your video froze like halfway through your, uh, your speech. Oh. So I, like, and then you, you came back on right as you finished. Did you hear me though? No, I had, yeah, I heard the whole thing. It just, for some reason, okay, your video cool. froze up. You've been doing something recently called the non-toxic revolution. Mm-hmm. Is that is that an official title? Yes, it's um it's the it's a new program from Keep Abreast. It's called the Keep Abreast Non Toxic Revolution. Um, it officially launches in April, April fifteenth. Um, so it's not totally officially launched yet. We have a Facebook and we have a zine that we made that we've been passing out at events to try to slowly get the word out. But it's really, really exciting. Um, studio number one, um, Shepherd's Agency and his team, they did all the design for the campaign. And it has its own website, its own look and feel. So it's kabntr.org. 
and it's all black and red and white. And it's the whole purpose of the campaign is it's all about educating young people on the environmental links to breast cancer initiation. So we kind of, we really separate out all of this daunting scientific information that is out there, it's available, but teenagers are never gonna get their hands on it and they're never gonna understand the way it's presented. So we took it into different categories. So we separated it into your house, your mouth, your body, plastic sucks, and heart and soul. And we address it in a really simple, fun, cool way that makes it interactive and action-oriented for teens. As you may or may not know, there was a list of cities with the worst water sources. Uh, And San Diego was in the top 10. I think it was number eight. Wow. And um, just recently, this uh, maybe a couple months ago, there... The city was working to uh, put more fluoride into the water system, yeah. um, which uh, which got denied at first um, because there wasn't enough. Uh, their reasoning was that there wasn't enough research or information. Then two months later, the the city decides to start put adding more fluoride to the water, which it's already done. Um, the Mira Mesa system was the first one to get it. And it's going to start moving to Otai and then throughout the each um, water district. Mm-hmm. And it just turns out that it was the day before they said um, that the fluoridization was being added to the water. That the day before was when the report came out about the cities with the worst water. And then day after they put out the report that, that they are going to be adding more fluoride to the water. Wow. Yeah, it's now more than ever. Um the majority of cancer cases, new cases of cancer, are not hereditary. So that's where, with Keep a Breast, we're really trying to break this misconception that it's a hereditary disease, where the majority of young women who are getting cancer and men have no family history of this disease whatsoever. So that's why we're launching the non-toxic revolution is because, like, okay, if you don't have any cancer in your family, then where the hell is this coming from? What are you eating? What makeup and beauty products are you using? You know, what types of products are you using in your house? Cleaning products, laundry detergent, what water are you drinking? There's, and like you said, those reports, everything is so crazy. Who has time to really stay up with all of that? So it's really important to make everything super simple for the average person to sort of, understand and actually actually feel that they can make a difference in their own life without getting overwhelmed and frustrated because that's a big thing is if we don't have the tools to know how to um combat these things or to to make personal changes then we're not going to totally what are you going to do and how can you afford it what is the you know inexpensive alternative for someone who can't afford it do they just get brita things at Walmart? Is that their alternative? Or can they afford to go get a reverse osmosis, crazy water filter installed in their house that's $25,000, So that's the thing we really try to address with our audience is all the alternatives. We want to be able to make sure, you know, people in low income neighborhoods that they don't have farmer's markets, they don't have a Whole Foods, they don't have a Trader Joe's, that, you know, we give them options that are available at Walmart or places where they do shop. 
Yeah, and it's amazing how people are are blissfully unaware of the the <laughs> of links. everything in life. Yeah, to everything, but particularly the links to the food that we put in our body and the health of the system that we're we're feeding. You know, we it's it's such a strange disconnect because just because of the culture, I guess that we've been that we've been put in or, or that we've been raised in. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's even just the idea of capitalism causing us so much stress and strife just to get paid, to be able to pay the bills that who the fuck is going to care about fluoride in the water? It's like, they gave us fluoride when we were in school. Uh, it seems good for your teeth, but these same people, if you turn and, you know, read the backside of your toothpaste, it says, if you swallow this call poison control. You know, which is absolutely fucking insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's 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 definitely insane. And and then even further, like the ideas of just people still smoking cigarettes, even though crazy, it's obviously headed towards lung cancer or some other debilitating, lethal disease. You know, we're still promoting these things. We're, cigarettes are still legal, and marijuana is illegal. Is <laughs> I know it's crazy. Hilarious. It's that whole. You know, just blissful life. Nothing's gonna happen to me. I'm fine. Blah blah blah. And you know, we have to live in this world. I have, I have to drive a car. I have to, you know, participate. I'm not gonna just live in a box and only live out on a farm somewhere and never be in contact with anyone just so I can be healthy. I mean, I went to a Lakers game last night and I ate nachos because I was starving. But <laughs> I'm like, my stomach felt so hurt because that cheese isn't even cheese and yeah. i mean i definitely regretted it but i was there and i was hungry and i ate it yeah right because you know we're also still still humans and those uh those impulses that we get from the from the salt and sugar and fat you know we those typically aren't supposed to be in our diet and whenever our brain gets the opportunity it's like <laughs> Dopamine, dopamine, give me that. I want that, you know? And so, you know, if somebody doesn't have any sort of counter argument in their head, why would they even consider not just powering that 42-ounce Coke and the big fucking cheeseburger? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's gross, but at the same time, sometimes, I don't know, you got to eat. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, you know, and that's not to say, like, I'm, like, holier than thou or anything. But, you know, it, it, I think there is... Um, cultural shifts happening where we're realizing the people are realizing ah we've really messed up our systems here over the last 50 60 years oh yeah there's massive cultural shifts happening i mean even right now you know keep abreast is in um we've been had a federal court case going on with two junior high school students that were suspended for defiance basically they refused to take off the bracelets and um it's a super, super exciting time because the final arguments on the case were heard last Friday and the judge is about to make a call on the case anytime now. But it's um, it's a the eighth, the American Civil Liberties Union is representing the students against their school. Wow. So it's really it's a socially changing time in this country where a judge is about to make a ruling on whether I love boobies is allowed in a school and it's um, it could go either way. You know, obviously we hope it's allowed, but at the same time, if it's not allowed, like what, what state is our country in? It's a, it's a first amendment right issue that the ACLU is fighting for. Yeah. 
And you know, I've I, as when I was in high school, I I used to do a lot of those same things, like be defiant. Obviously, not for as as uh, as quality a cause, but like I would wear you know shirts that were clearly inappropriate just to sort of push those boundaries. But it was like it was totally, it really was inappropriate. But it was more like just a like a fuck you anarchistic type of thing. Yeah. Um. But I'm I'm. Every day I'm surprised at, at how many people I see wearing those bracelets. And every time I see one, like I get like a little extra pride, you know, and I like I smile and my cheeks get red. And then I, I always talk to the people if I see them, you know, I, I, hey, 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 tell me about that. Like I get them to explain themselves and sort of see where other people are coming from. Because I knew that there was I know there's as much um, controversy with that as there was. Uh, with the breast cast and the the t-shirts and the whole thing with with what we talked about earlier. So I even just try to even challenge some people just in case there are those people that are sort of giving you a bad name based on their own knuckleheadisms. (laughs) You know, like I try to call people out and make sure that they're not sort of tarnishing what what good is being done because it it has to be happening, right? Absolutely. And I mean, that's like, you know, good looking out on your end. And the most amazing thing is, is that we've sold millions of those bracelets. And that's millions and millions of millions of teenagers that have access to information that we didn't have that I didn't have when I was a teenager. So there's millions of teens that are supporting a cause. They all understand that it's for breast cancer, whether they know about keep a breast. um, It's just they know that what they're buying is supporting a good cause. The majority of them have all been affected by cancer in some way, and they're wearing them to support a loved one, which, you know, I'm sure people that you've talked to have told you as well. And it's just super interesting to know that this generation is armed with information that we have given them, that access to this information that's going to change the course of this disease for years to come. And that never happened before. So that just... That's what keeps me like so excited about what I'm doing all the time is that it's, it is change. It's social change. It's health change. It's going to really, really change. And even though it's only like a little $4 rubber bracelet, it's making a, a massive impact. Do you feel like your, um, your connection to the youth culture has kept you young? Oh God. Yes. <laughs> I mean, all the most of the people I work with are all, you know, younger than me, but not really. I mean, I don't feel as old as I am. And I love going out to, you know, our events and our traveling education booth that goes all over the country, all over the world. And, you know, really connecting to, to young people and teens, like face to face, you know, they all want to talk to you. They all want to tell you their story. And they're all like, so excited to meet me, which is so weird. But sometimes they're all like, Oh my gosh, just like you know kid after kid and it's just like it's just that awesome feeling like in in your heart that I'm so lucky that I have the pleasure of like knowing that in this lifetime that like that I'm doing exactly what I'm intended to be doing for kids in say high school or something you know let's say uh if you were their teacher in science class and we're giving them the same information it may not be passed along in the in the same or taken in the same vein 
as you know, like you have tattoos on your arms, you're kind of punk rocky, you know, like that, that maybe they, that being able to connect to that youth culture allows you to have more of a, of a relatable influence with them as opposed to like some clinical science teacher telling them how this works and that works. It's, it's, there's sort of a disconnect there, right? Yeah, it's so important. And that's the whole thing about being authentic. And, you know, keep abreast, we speak to young people in their own voice, you know, we look like them, we work with, you know, professional surfers, artists, musicians, like, everyone that young people look up to, you know, they're going to listen to information coming from, you know, an artist like you, or an artist like Shepard, or Mike, or, you know, they're going to listen to information coming from, you know, Tom DeLonge, who's in their favorite band since they were 12 years old, or 10 years old. And that's how... That's why it works, because we connect with them on their level. You know, we go to concerts, surf events. We go to places where they already are, and they're comfortable. And then they see someone that looks like me standing there, and they can relate to me. They want to talk to me and tell me, you know, what they're going through. And they want to learn from someone like that looks like me and that looks like, you know, Erica and the girls that work with me. So it just – and it's just like a skate company. I mean, I never – I started Keep Abreast. I never knew how to run a nonprofit. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I'm a fashion designer. I worked for, you know, all skate brands. I worked for DC Shoes and Soltech and, you know, Toy Machine and all those companies that it's like, I just ran Keep Abreast like it was a skate company. Like, work with artists, work with athletes, make cool stuff, get information out to kids. And that's just how it works or how I made it work in a, different way yeah and it's been a good model i think for for how other people can be independent and do their own thing as well i think yeah absolutely it definitely is um i think we're really forging new ground um as far as business goes i mean keep abreast now is it's separated into all of our merchandise is made by a third party because the foundation has to be, you know, arm's length from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, that merchandise funds all of our programs and all of our initiatives because we are so unique. We're not like a pink ribbon old lady organization. Um, we don't fund drug research. We fund research that's environmental based. So there isn't a lot of government funding for organizations like ours because we're so unique so like you said like I really had to forge my own path with Keep Abreast and create it and fund it and make it work the only way I knew how which was the punk rock skateboard mentality yeah totally did you ever um I, I, I think I sent you the link to the Gershon miracle are you familiar with I don't think so it's uh, what her name is Charlotte Gershon. It's G E R S O N, and she runs a clinic in Tijuana, and actually has a a place in San Diego. And her father, Max Gershon, mm-hmm. uh, he he came up with what he believed to be a cure for cancers, and was actually getting um, tumors to to go away or to 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 shrink and and do a bunch of these things. But there's a film called, I, I'm, I'm terrible at a synopsis, but there's a film called The Gershon Miracle. That I think okay, yeah, I remember that. I've seen that. It's like a documentary film, and and it is so interesting. There are, um, there are other methods out there. There are other procedures and types of things that you could do that are very preventative against cancer. The 
our country has made the mammogram the standard of care, but it's it's ineffective. There's other um, there's thermography, which is um, a technology that we work with quite a bit and was created the same time and approved by the FDA in the 80s, the same time the mammogram was approved, but the mammogram became the standard of care and thermography didn't. And thermography is actually, uh, it's an infrared image, so it's totally invasive. And what it does is it will take an image of you, your body with this special camera and it measures the heat within the breast. So what it does is it will measure the physiological changes. So if you have a hot spot, it will show it and it could actually pinpoint a cancerous lump six years before a mammogram could ever detect it. And wow. so with mammography, it's radiation. You're exposing yourself to, you know, unnecessary radiation if you don't have to. And it also the radiation can make cancer grow faster. So it doesn't detect a lump many times till it's already cancer and there and has to be dealt with then you have to have a biopsy then you have to have it removed then you have to like go you know under chemotherapy then you have to have a breast removed then you have to go have another breast put on and it's this massive hundred and seventy five thousand dollar medical process yeah. whereas if you could just go get a thermogram for 200 bucks and detect something many many years before it even grows into a term tumor where you can you know, get advice and get health changes that are actually going to make it go away. Our whole medical system is whack yeah. where it's designed to treat sick people, not to keep people healthy. Um, right. And in that's, the first that's, place. <laughs> that's the big problem with Western medicine. It's like, we're let's just wait till everybody gets sick and then fix them or at least yeah. try or at least get paid to attempt it. But, yeah, and pump them with horrible drugs that kill everything else in their body. I mean, there's many, many, many different schools of thought. And it's obviously, you know, very, very political. And there's, you know, the drug companies are funding the mammograms, are funding the hospitals, are funding everything. So it, it's sad. <laughs> um, you Is there a, a, a place where people could look into the thermo thermography? Is that thermography? Yeah, there is, um, there's a place in San Diego. There's a few different places. There's one called um, My Pink Image that's in San Diego. Um, people can look into that. Um, we're working on a new part of the Keep Abreast website that will be like a research database that will people can type in their city and they can find out all the complimentary care services available to them in their city. So whether it is thermography, acupuncture, color therapy, um, energy work, anything that they can do if they do have cancer in addition to their sort of regular doctor prescribed treatment and then also anything that they can do to help prevent it in the first place. So we hope to launch that later this year. We also work with a couple of doctors in Orange County that do thermography. And then I'll try to I'll get all those links up on the blog so that the listeners can uh, can check all that stuff out too. Oh, awesome. I'll send it to you. Moving on, we'll to more happier topics. <laughs> not, not that it's not happy, but you know. Yeah, um, totally. You uh, you make an appearance in my upcoming documentary that uh, me and Mike Giant are working on. That speaking of, who we've mentioned a few times. That's exciting. I'm really glad. I'm really happy to be included in that. Um, in our little threesome. <laughs> yeah, it should be. It should be pretty funny. I think it's gonna. It should be out. I think Jeff wants to get it into the um, festivals by this summer. Oh, cool. 
So it should be out. You uh, you mentioned something about me being unhirable. I think is it? <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I only heard the the playback once, but there was something really funny about about uh, being unhirable. And there's actually a part in the trailer where Mike talks about how uh, I'm an artist. I don't have to work for you. I could draw some shit and sell it, and I could tell you to fuck off or some you know something to that effect. Yeah, and I mean, I think in a sense, we're on this path of being free. And that's, to me, that's so important. And I know it is to you. It's like your personal mantra. And, you know, I there, there just can't, there just comes a day in your life where, you know, I couldn't work for skate brands anymore, you know, even though I love them. And I'm like, thankful for all the opportunities that you know, I've been given through working through all those companies, like, you know, working through DC was amazing. I got to travel all over the world and it was such a great opportunity, but I just, there, I couldn't design another pair of jeans. I couldn't design another cargo, anything to (laughs) save my life, you know? So I just had to like, you just have to stop, but you also have to, you have to have the guts to just like we were talking about earlier, you know, be poor if, if that's what it's going to take. And, and I have a lot of friends that always ask me, you know, like, Oh God, I want to quit my job, but I'm scared. And I have the house payment and I have a car payment and all this stuff. And I'm just like, well, I always just tell people, you know, what do you want more? What's more important to you? You know, and if you want to be free and if you want to do your own thing, then you sell your car and you get, a shitty car or you know you just you rent an apartment you know like I've worked in many coffee houses and I've done I mean I've had the most amazing jobs but I've also you know paid my dues and worked some really shitty jobs too and you know and that's a testament I think to what I was saying before is that you know it's it's inspiring to see somebody who's actually willing to forego those fears and those those things that stop us from from taking those opportunities or just grabbing the bull by the horns. I think you, you've learned somewhere along the line to sort of kick that fear in the ass. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I guess I just, that's, I never, I just don't really have that fear. You know, yeah. I just, I always can, can go for it. And I just, in the end of the day, I just, for most of the part, you know, I just, I have me and I have my dog and I don't have to take care of someone else. You know, like I don't have kids that I'm responsible for. I don't have a husband that I'm responsible for, you know, um, my family, they're, they're all independent people too. And they're all on their own, you know, they're, they're, they don't, you know, give me any money and I don't (laughs) give them any money, you know, it's like, um, so if you just have yourself, it's not, it's not that scary. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've lived on people's couches before too, you know, it's like, that's just part of life. It makes it that much more interesting, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Let's, um, let's plug some of your, uh, upcoming projects. I know we've talked about some stuff. Do you, um, you want to get your website addresses out there and your Twitters or Facebooks or any of that? Oh yeah. Just all, we have all of that stuff. So the easiest thing to do is just probably Google keep abreast and you'll find it all. But um, our website is keep-a-breast.org, and everything is on there. And this year is a huge, exciting year. Um, keep Abreast is – last year we had a really successful year, so this year a lot of the dreams and things that we've always wanted to do are kind of coming true. We have a tour bus this year that is provided by Macbeth, and um, it's going on the road the entire year. 
So it starts out at South by Southwest and um, we're doing the Zoomies couch tour, the Journeys backyard barbecue tour. We're doing the Blink 182 tour, the Warp tour. We have our own tour that's presented by Live Nation this October. So um, we have a staff, we have everyone just going out on the bus with a traveling education booth face to face educating teens across the whole country and that's a big deal we've really always wanted to do that and then the next big project is really launching the non-toxic revolution um we're so excited about it i think it has huge potential to even grow one day um, bigger than keep abreast because it really affects everybody and um yeah i think that's about it nice. <laughs> there's so much i can never remember it all I know. We'll, we'll, we'll get everybody going over to the website. And of course, everything gets updated over there on the regular. Yeah, always pretty much. Our website's kind of old, but we're getting, we're launching a new one in October. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Shani, for doing the show. I appreciate it. Oh, well, Mike, thank you so much. And you've been, a, you know, a big inspiration to keep abreast and you have always volunteered and always helped and any way, whether it's painting a cast at the last minute, oh, I need it done tomorrow for this TV show, or just, you know, we're getting other artists to support Keep Abreast, or working with t-shirt designs, and just being like a positive, you know, role model for other artists and teenagers is, is really important, and, you know, I'm grateful for you, and Crystal also, she's always um, helping me, like, whether she's printing stuff at her printing company for a good deal or, you know, just volunteering to crystals, taking photos for us at events. And, you know, you guys have always really been there for us. So yeah, thank well, you very much. For sure. You're welcome. It's uh, it's our pleasure. And we're always uh, there for you guys whenever you need a, a little extra San Diego help. We still have our office in Carlsbad. So that's our main, um, our main office. So we're keeping our office there. And then now we're just opening a new branch up in here, up, up in this hood. <laughs> Nice. All right, let's do uh, internet dap. Nice. Thanks, Shaney. Have a great day. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye. She drink tea, she loves. She drink tea, she loves.